Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. All right, what's up? This is Michael Rappaport. You are now listening to a big body, brand new I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. On today's podcast, Nipsey was put to rest in a ceremony that was fit for a king. We're talking about that. Dwayne Wade has a send-off in the NBA that was fit for an NBA champion. But what about Carmelo Anthony? How is his career going to end? The NBA playoffs are here. They're upon us. We're talking about that. Plus, my man, Benny the Butcher. Benny the motherfucking Butcher from Buffalo, New York. Griselda Records is in the house. Benny the Butcher is here with me on the I.M. Rappaport Stereo Podcast. All that, plus some really sick... Sick fucks of the week. Miles, Jordan, give me some real nice. Yes, some real proper. Okay. But most importantly, some real funky. Let's go. All right. This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the White Chocolate Tito, a.k.a. the Jake LaMotta of podcasting, a.k.a. The Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. Mr. New York, a.k.a. Mr. 212, a.k.a. Mr. A.k.a. Yes, yes, that is my newest moniker, Mr. A.k.a. Shout out to my guy, OG Paul Wall. Houston is in Sukasa uh, for coming up with that and blessing me with that. I appreciate that. 
Um, it's the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Um, here we are, Friday. Uh, this podcast is being released Friday, April 12th, 2019. Man, and once again, when you get to a Friday, you're just like, whew. And we're almost halfway through April, which is insane to me. We are almost halfway through April. It's it's crazy um, that, that we are this far. Um... Whew, a lot of things to talk about. As I told you in the intro later on in the show, Benny the Butcher, Buffalo's finest from Griselda Records, who is signed by Eminem himself to Shady Records. Benny the Butcher. I talked about these guys that played their music. Um, up and coming dude. If you've never heard of him, check his music out. Check out his latest record, Tana Talk 3. It's Yo, I love these guys. I love the whole Griselda movement. I love the whole movement out of Buffalo. I ask them. That's right. Buffalo. What the fuck? I didn't even know uh, hip-hop had a presence up in Buffalo. So he breaks that down. He breaks down how they got uh, with Shady Records. He breaks down advice he got from Jay-Z himself, Hove. Uh, of course, we speak on Nipsey Hussle. Um, and, and what he meant to him. And these guys have a similar grind. They have, they have grinded it out uh, from the bottom. Uh, and I talked about that. Like, how do you get discovered from Buffalo? How do you get Wu-Tang certified by Ray Kwan? How do you get Mob Deep certified from Buffalo? What does it take? Uh, and he breaks that down and everything they've been through and, and where they're at on their stairway to success. Um, and like I said, I fuck with this whole movement we have Benny the Butcher, um, Conway the Machine, West Side Gun, uh, and, and that whole crew. But today is just Benny the Butcher, and he's rocking me. And it's a very good uh, interview, very smart interview, very insightful. A lot of jewels, a lot of gems, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Um, I just mentioned Nipsey Hussle. Man, um, a memorial, a send-off fit for a king. That was something else. Um that was something else. Uh, the whole Staples Center uh, memorial and all the people that spoke and Stevie Wonder performing and his family and his mother and his father and his sister and his brother speaking so eloquently and so passionately and so humbly uh, and sharing stories about this guy who has obviously you know, gotten bigger in his passing since he's passed. Um, and that's fine. You know, um, listen, I wish this guy was still here. Of course, uh, the people that knew him the best in his family wishes he was still here, but this was the way, uh, his journey was supposed to go. Um, and what an impact, what a, uh, a send off fit for a King. And I'm sure everybody's seen the footage and just the procession that traveled all around Los Angeles, 25 point, two miles and the traffic and the chaos and the excitement. And for the most part, it was all positive. Um, and it just the, I mean, shit, you can't even plan for, it. I've never seen anything like it. Um, you know, because he, he, he was street music. So, uh, when they bring him out for his final drive through his city, uh, people are going to come out in the streets and they came out in droves and it didn't stop. And it was really, Ooh, man, it was really impressive and really beautiful, um, and it really says a lot about the impact uh, that Nipsey Hussle left 
and the impact of hip hop and um you know it, it's bigger than uh just Nipsey Hustle like this represents all the fallen people uh, uh from hip hop over the years um obviously i remember when biggie uh you know they drove his body through brooklyn uh, it was impromptu there wasn't social media there wasn't a plan people just came out uh and it was nothing like this this is thousands upon thousands upon thousands and you know brooklyn isn't 25 miles uh you know big um so this was just incredible and watching snoop talk so just from the heart and and so many people just a, a beloved guy and you know we talked about it on the podcast and you know, it's crazy because as much as people love his music, the person uh, really made the impact. And the person is the thing that uh, uh, people are going to miss. And the influence and the excitement and the ideas and what he actually accomplished is what people are going to miss. And I've been really trying to uh, figure out, you know, and think for myself, like, why is it so sad to me? And, you know, why is it so sad to everybody? And I think one of the reasons, and there's many, 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 many different reasons, and, you know, it, I'm sure it brings up, you know, anytime someone uh, passes, it brings up different feelings in, in everybody. It, it's such a, a personal thing. But one of the things that I was thinking about is that when you see somebody who's so beloved and so respected and so uh, is doing so uh, uh, many good things, and for him to get shot and killed and murdered like that, I think for me, it's like, God damn, you know, if that could happen to him, that could happen to anybody. This is a beloved guy. It just makes you think, I mean, shit, like we are all vulnerable and life is short and life is precious. Um, and I know for me, I'm just like, damn, man, if that, that could happen to him, that could literally happen to anybody. Obviously, that's extreme circumstances with extreme uh, measures and just an extreme tragedy, but I don't know the the legacy and the impact of Nipsey Hussle uh, will go on and live on forever. And uh, what we all saw in Los Angeles, whether you were here in Los Angeles, whether you were actually at the memorial, actually at uh, the twenty five mile procession, or you watched it on TV or social media, um, it really was kind of breathtaking. And it's just a a sad sad end to a very uh, special, unique, one-of-a-kind guy who was really putting his money where his mouth um, is. Uh, it's funny because uh, I discovered there's been a few mixes out there that, that dropped, two of them which are, are really dope. I heard them both on SoundCloud, a guy named DJ Filthy Rich. He put out a dope mix, very emotional, very dope, a heartfelt mix. And you could get it on SoundCloud, and you could follow him on uh, Instagram, DJ Filthy Rich. He's spelled uh, just how it says. Um, and you, you know, look it up. I've posted it; it's on my stories and all that stuff. And then my guy Scram Jones from New York, um, he put out a dope mix, and I knew it sounded familiar on the song "Victory Lap." Nipsey Hussle uh, samples Willie Hutch. Um, and one of the, he, he breaks down a lot of the samples, DJ Scram Jones and that, that, uh, mix is also on uh, SoundCloud and you can follow him, DJ Scram Jones is, it's on his link, his Nipsey Hustle scramble mix. That's what he calls all his mixes. Cause he really does scramble the shit up. He breaks down the samples for a lot of the songs and, and one of the songs, uh, victory lap, uh, he, he used, uh, very beautifully and it's been sampled a lot. Willie Hutch has been sampled a lot. 
uh, but I didn't put the uh, the the voice. You'll see how he manipulates it and, and changes it. It's the song "Good Old Love" uh, by Willie Hutch. Anyway, it's the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. We're gonna get down to the get down right now. Let's go. Oh baby, it's been so So it's been a crazy, crazy week as uh, documented in the emergency podcast that we put out two days ago. We had to put out an emergency podcast for the craziest day in NBA history collectively um, with all the things uh, that happened. Dirk Nowinski's last game in Dallas, D. Wade's last game in Miami, um, the Magic Johnson shit. Um, and so on and so forth. Uh, it's all been documented and, and everybody, uh, could get that emergency podcast. When we make the move to luminary, everybody can get everything and rest assured. I've really been thinking about that. Um, although we are going to be behind the paywall, me personally, me personally, I am taking this as a test for me. And as uh, for the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast crew, we're going to continue to go harder and harder and make the podcast better and better and more rigorous and more vigorous and more emergency podcasting and more shit talking and more disruptive behavior when we make that move to Luminary. And we're not going to be alone. There's going to be 40 plus other podcast exclusively on luminary plus the app itself is dope you can listen to every podcast in the world on the luminary app i'm going to continue talking about it but i just want you guys to know the fans the listeners of the i am rapport stereo podcast cannot stop will not fucking stop cannot stop will not fucking stop hard body karate blood on the floor podcasting blood and guts only all blood and guts podcast and giving you every single ounce of disruptive behavior we can come up with every single time. These golden mics, you hear that? I'm tapping the golden mics. Every time these golden mics are picked up, full body karate disruptive behavior. Never, ever, ever will we give you anything less than that. Um, so since that emergency podcast, D-Wade done. Played his last game in Brooklyn. He's finished. He's retired from the NBA. I don't think he's coming back, although he, he ended his uh, season scoring 30 points in, uh, in Miami and then a triple-double in Brooklyn. Um, he could obviously play another year or two 
uh, based on the way he looks. Um, but I think, you know, when you when you do like the last dance tour and you go city to city and the jersey trading and all the, you know, uh, the tributes and all that, all that, I think you got to stick to that. I think out of respect to all that, uh, you only have that once. Then you start to get into what the fuck are you doing, Duke? Like, we, we, we just gave you a standing ovation. We thought we were never going to see you again. Uh, did a publicist set that up? Like, what the fuck are you doing, Duke? You got paid. You got your money. You got the last dance. Uh, you got crowds cheering. Paul Pierce sucks. I know that's not on D. Wade. Uh, but, I mean, there's no more we can do. And, of course, LeBron James, Chris Paul, and Carmelo Anthony were uh, uh, in Brooklyn for Dwayne Wade's last game when they played the Brooklyn Nets at Barclays. And I couldn't help but thinking about Carmelo. You know, LeBron will obviously get the biggest uh, ever send-off, and it'll be a sad day even for uh, uh, the likes of haters like myself uh, when he's not in the NBA. Although these playoffs, look at them as a dress rehearsal for life without LeBron, and I am looking forward to this dress rehearsal. I'm not ready for LeBron James to be gone, but this is a dress rehearsal. Um, but the crazy shit about watching the Banana Boat Boys, and that, of course, is uh, Carmelo, D-Wade, CP3, and uh, LeBron James himself, is that Melo, Carmelo Anthony, I, I think he's done. I think he's fucking done. You know, he uh, was with the Houston Rockets, who also have Chris Paul. We don't know why that didn't work out. We just know that it didn't work out. He left abruptly. They were talking about him signing with this team, him signing with that team. He did not sign with any team this year. None of these playoff teams signed him. Like Milwaukee could have picked him up. Uh, Anybody could have picked him up. You could have got him for dirt cheap. And nobody picked up Carmelo Anthony. It makes me think, is that it? Will he get a send-off? Will there be a last dance for Carmelo? Will he ever play an NBA game again? Will his jersey get retired? I can tell you one thing. He's not getting his jersey retired as a New York Nick. He had some very good years. He put up some very good numbers as a Nick, but we didn't win shit. Do they uh, retire his jersey in Denver? Maybe. I mean, he was incredible at Denver, and he will be in the Hall of Fame, but this is a fucked up way for Carmelo Anthony to go out. And and where will he wind up next year? Will he wind up on LeBron James's Lakers? Because LeBron James is ultimately taking over the Lakers. At the time of this podcast, the Lakers have not fired uh, the coaching staff yet. They fired the fucking trainer. Uh, I heard they fired the ushers, the hot dog makers, and every single other person in Staples. But at the time of this I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, they have not fired uh, Luke Walton, Brian Shaw, and the coaching staff. Uh, it could happen by the time we drop this puppy. Um, but as of now, uh, they haven't made that decision. I bet you they're going to do it actually Friday, the 12th in the evening. You know, stories, especially in the entertainment business, you'll notice politics. A lot of times they'll drop stories Friday afternoons because they think it'll it'll sort of lose legs and on Monday you'll forget about it. Dick Stane Donald Trump does that shit a lot. You'll notice that people uh, quit, they'll get fired, or if something bad happens, um, or if something good happens, you never want it to come out on a Friday afternoon because it gets washed away over the weekend. But I bet you Luke Walton and Brian Shaw will not make it to Monday. That's my prediction. They're, they're good. There's no fucking way that they're making it to Monday, uh, April 15th. 
Now, I, I, I talked about this a little bit on the uh, emergency podcast from uh, a couple of days ago, and I never repeat uh, things from an emergency podcast, but I, I, I really was thinking about this even even harder. Um, Jenny Bus, is that her fucking name? I was Jeannie Bus. Sincerely, stop talking about it being a Laker family and all that bullshit. This is not a, a, a mom and pop pizzeria. It's not a shoe store where your 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 shoemakers downtown LA. Oh, we've been in business since 1966. Yo, it's the fucking Lakers. Okay, this is a cutthroat business. People want their teams to win. Trust me. Trust me. And Genie Bus, all this like you know whatever was going on with Magic and what Magic did or didn't do, whatever the fuck was going on. Stop running it like it's a mom and pop business. It's not a mom and pop business. You're not a donut maker. You own the fucking Lakers, okay? Somebody, nobody had the balls to fire Luke Walton. And Jeannie Buss looks at Luke Walton like her, sort of like her stepson. She dated Phil Jackson for 15 years. Phil Jackson coached, raised Luke Walton. You know they've hung out together. They've smoked weed together. They've partied together. They're very close. She wanted to see Luke thrive. Luke can't thrive with the circus in town. The circus is in L.A. You know this, Jeannie Bus. The circus is in L.A. So if you're going to fucking, you know, go down that road with LeBron James, you're just going to have to turn it over to him. Who do you want to play on the team, LeBron? Who do you want to coach? And uh, uh, we'll give you two, three years, whatever it is, three years to win a championship. If not, get the fuck out of here. Because they got three years left. They're not winning a championship next year. I don't give a fuck if KD and Kyrie come. They're not winning a championship next year. It just doesn't work out that way. Look at the Miami Heatles. The first year with Chris Bosh, LeBron, and D-Wade. They were great, but they didn't win a championship. It just doesn't karmatically work out that way. So then you got two years left. So just ask this fucking guy. You want Ty Lue? What do you want? You want to bring back J.R. Smith, Mello? What do you want, LeBron? And I'll get out of your way and you fucking just, you know, just try to keep things down to a minimum. And this is the exact same thing that Pat Riley didn't want to do with the Miami Heat. He didn't want to just turn the fucking keys over to LeBron James and his cronies. But I guess at this point, she has no choice unless they just trade the fucking guy, which is obviously not going to happen. But the NBA playoffs are starting Saturday. They are starting Saturday, April 13th. And it's going to be a doozy. The NBA playoffs are going to be dope. The Bucks are playing the Pistons. The Raptors are playing the Magic. The 76ers are playing the Brooklyn Nets. Be careful. Joel Embiid might not play that entire series. Be careful. The Celtics versus the Pacers. If the Pacers could just beat the shit out of... Yo, the Pacers are the fifth seed in the East without Victor Oladipo. That shit's... Crazy. So the Celtics are playing uh, uh, the Pacers. In the West, in the Western Conference, we have the Golden State Warriors are playing the Los Angeles Clippers. The Warriors are going to beat the Clippers, but watch out for Patrick Beverly. The San Antonio Spurs are playing the second-seeded Denver Nuggets. Watch out for Greg Popovich. Watch out for the fucking Spurs. I'm not predicting they're going to win this series, but I will not be surprised if they pull off a coup, okay? They are 
this is probably one of the most under-the-radar Spurs teams ever, and they're always under the radar. The Trailblazers are playing the Oklahoma City Thunder, Dame Dolliver's Russell Westbrook. Now, I got to say, one of my uh, proudest moments as a disruptive, shit-talking sports personality came the other day. Friend of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, uh, Taylor Rooks, great reporter, uh, great insight, uh, uh, and all that stuff. She was on the podcast. She's dope. She's cool. Um, she has her new show, and on her new show, uh, I think it was the second interview she had, she interviewed Dame Dollar, Dame Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers, and Dame Lillard, out of nowhere, guess who he name-dropped? Guess who he name-checked? Me, the gringo mandingo, Miles Jordan. Please, please play that clip from Taylor Rooks's new show. Accurate to say that failure for you isn't not getting a ring. Failure for you is not being who you are. Exactly. Some of the best players ever. I was watching um, Michael Rappaport, and he was talking about when you think about Gary Payton, you never think about him in Miami winning the ring. You think about Gary Payton in Seattle and Allen Iverson in Philly. Like, you just mm -hmm. think about their legacy and what they did. For me, I, like I said, I just focus on what means something to me, working for it. And if it don't happen, I can live with it knowing that, you know, my, the effort and the care was there. You know, I went after it. I fucking like that. I fucking like that you talk that good shit and people hear it. Uh, the Rockets are playing the Utah Jazz. Rockets are the fourth seed. The Jazz are the fifth seed. That's going to be a brawl. Do not sleep on the Jazz. That is going to be a brawl. You know how I feel about Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz have a good team. They're a scrappy team. They play together. Yo, that's going to be a good series. And the NBA playoffs are underway. There's a game a day for the next, like, what is it? It's like the, a game a day for as long as these series last. So if these series last, go to seven games, we got a game a day for like the next 14 days or some shit like that. And then it's like every other day and then it starts to break up. But the round one, don't sleep on it. Enjoy it. Watch the games. Learn about the other teams. Watch the Celtics and the Pacers. Watch the Spurs and the Nuggets. Don't just watch the Warriors. Don't just watch the Greek Freak. Learn and love these new players, these young players that some of us don't get a chance to see uh, throughout the regular season. I'm pumped for the NBA. The NBA has and always will be fantastic. I am Rappaport Podcast. In Chicago, the Juicy Jesse Somlay story continues today. As of this I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, the city of Chicago is suing Juicy Jesse Somlay for false statements after the actor refused to pay his $130,000 bill. Yo, yo, let me tell you something. I don't like... Uh, lawsuits um, they're a pain in the ass knock on wood I have fortunately never been sued um, but I gotta tell you if I was being sued I don't care who you got if, if I got a letter and, and lawsuits are real tricky and complicated and there's ins and outs and they're just they're, they're a mess but if I got a letter or I got served from the city of Chicago saying the city of Chicago was suing me. I don't care if it was for $1.50. I would be like, I'd be ready to vomit from fear. Because that just seems like, yo, 
You have an entire city, an entire fucking American city, one of the biggest cities in the world, one of the biggest American cities suing your ass? I'd be bugging the fuck out. Uh, but Juicy Jesse Somle, you, uh, you, you thought shit was sweet. You know, you're some sort of freedom fighter. You claim to be the gay Tupac. You're not the gay Tupac, Duke. I don't know if there ever will be a gay Tupac, but it ain't you. That's for sure. That's for fucking sure. Maybe someday some, uh, somebody will come along and earn that title. You ain't the one, Juicy Jesse. Um, but I would not be sleeping well knowing uh, that the city of Chicago was coming after my ass. No, Bruno. Another thing that uh, is going on that I already talked about, it really bothers me. It really fucking bothers me. Um, De Niro, Robert De Niro, Bobby D had to show up in court again this week uh, to the Manhattan Supreme Court for his ongoing custody battle and his divorce. And these fucking scumbag um, photographers and paparazzi, they will not let Bob just chill. Yo, if anybody deserves, take your picture. He knows, take your picture and keep it moving. You don't need 400 pictures. This fucking guy, Robert De Niro, has done so much for New York City. He, he's done so much for Lower Manhattan. He created the Tribeca Film Festival when the city was on its knees after 9-11. Remember that the Tribeca Film Festival came months after 9-11. Not years. It came right after 9-11. And, and obviously it's a business, but at first it, it was nothing. No one was involved with Lower Manhattan. No one was starting a business, starting a film festival, you know, not even a mile away from where the World Trade Center, uh, where the buildings collapsed. And just, we all know what he's done. We all know what he means. This guy is, is, is going through something. Take your picture and keep it moving. These fucking scumbags got their cameras all in Bobby D's face. They won't let him be. And, and I'm really surprised he doesn't show up with a couple of gavones and push these guys around. Uh, I'm not saying beat him up, but push him around. Like, yo, let Bob De Niro live. He's going through a custody case. He's going through a divorce case in lower Manhattan, just blocks away from where Tribeca is for my non-New York listeners, and they won't leave my guy alone. Let this fucking guy breathe. Get your fucking camera out of Bobby D's face. I am Rappaport Podcast. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, the HBO documentary, Leaving Neverland, uh, which continues to uh, divide opinions and people scrutinizing and what's real, what's not real. Uh, there was a rumor going around, you know, the internet, you could say anything you want and it'll just catch fire. There was a uh, rumor going around that HBO had pulled the documentary, Finding Neverland, because they uh, thought that uh, there are the allegations made from the people, the filmmaker and the the two accusers, whose names I can't remember right now, um, and I don't fact check anything uh, when we're doing the Iron Rapport Stereo Pockets, I'm sorry, um, that, they, that it was false and that the whole documentary was a bunch of bullshit. Now, whether or not the documentary is bullshit or not, the Finding Neverland documentary is still up on HBO, you dumb fucks you. 
Uh, just because it's on Twitter, just because it's on Instagram doesn't mean it's fucking true. Uh, a lot of the people that are saying it's not on HBO don't even have HBO. Uh, no disrespect to anybody that doesn't have HBO, but if you, you, all you got to do is check the fucking app. Just check your on-demand and it's right there. You dumb fucks, you. Uh, so uh, the Finding Neverland is still on HBO. And, and like I said, just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's even close to being true. We call that fake fucking news. Not real news. Uh, we call that fake fucking news. Um, it's time. Miles, Jordan, uh, please give me the infamous sick fuck of the week theme song. This is an award that is earned, not given. Earned, not given. It's called the sick fuck of the week. Sick She's Fuck. really fucking sick, man. She's fucking whack. Why? Make him stop. You smell like a sick fuck. You look like a sick that fuck. That ain't supposed to be on a plane, you sick what you, fuck. What, you. what are you doing? Hey, man, leave that chicken alone. Leave the chicken alone. Well, what are you doing to the chicken? That doesn't belong in a chicken. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is the sick fuck of the week segment an award-winning i am rapport stereo podcast segment this award goes and not to just anybody it goes to a certain kind of sick fuck with a certain kind of as the french say a je ne sais quoi i appreciate all the suggestions i appreciate all the input from the fans of course the sick fuck of the week whisper and again og paul wall for who has a knack guy has a knack you know they say uh, some guys have a knack uh, uh for making steals in the NBA, like, yo, he just has a knack for the ball, or he has a knack for rebounding. Paul Wall, OG Paul Wall, has a knack for finding those sick fucks, along with the sick fuck of the week whisper. This one, is Florida in the house? Is Florida in the house? Hell yes, I know a lot of people love Olive Gardens. Everybody loves to go to an Olive Garden to get a quick, simple, fairly priced meal. Well, watch out if you're in Naples, Florida, because there is a guy, a sick fuck, who looks like a sick fuck, who is sitting outside of Olive Garden. Now, this is an extreme, but if you look at the picture of the guy, he looks like the poster boy for all things sick fuck. He was harassing patrons outside of Olive Garden, cursing at them, shouting profanities at the people. And on top of that, he's out there eating spaghetti. Who knows where he got it from? With his bare, fucking, filthy, dirty hands. Moving on. In Ohio. A woman. An Ohio woman who, yes, looks like a sick fuck. Who allegedly had a history of dog sex. What? This woman had a history of dog sex. She has a reputation of having sex with dogs bestiality at its finest well she was arrested and charged with bank robbery this week in ohio amber finney yes don't be surprised of course she looks like a sick fuck she has a history and a reputation of having sex with dogs she walked into an ohio bank handed one of the tellers a note said she didn't want to hurt her but she would you know the rest of the story you know how this movie plays out she had a half-cooked plan and she got arrested 
And the crazy thing about this is the bank teller gave her some money. She left the bank. It started to snow. She was meeting a man down the street. All the fucking cops needed to do was follow the footprints in the fresh snow. Not only are you a sick fuck, not only are you a dog fucker, but you're a dumbass also. Uh, we got a real, real live one in the UK, and this guy looks like a real true blue sick fuck. The man's name is Malcolm Downs. He's got Coke bottle glasses. Uh, he's got some uh, 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 follicles of hair sprouting, uh, but not many. He's got a big, red, fucked up nose, and he just, I mean, he looks, this guy is truly everything uh, that you want from an I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, sick fuck. Malcolm Downs has a problem. His problem is he can't stop. These are his words. He can't stop masturbating over horses. He got caught twice, two times, two, two fucking times in 24 hours. He said he had been planning to see a doctor for his libido. He got arrested earlier in the day, literally went to jail, okay, was released, and then found another stable of horses and started jerking off again the policeman said and i quote this activity went on for three or four minutes his penis was exposed for about 10 minutes during a police interview he told the detectives and i quote i sat on a bench i was feeling sexy and i started to touch myself the whole thing was caught on tape i don't want to see the tape see some people and these are people that I'm concerned with. Some people out there might say, oh, I want to see the tape. I want to see the tape of a sick fuck by the name of Malcolm Downs uh, jerking off in front of a horse. That's not something me, the gringo man dingo, ever wants to see. I'm not interested. If you're interested in that, you might wind up on the sick fuck of the week segment someday yourself. Because that's just way out there. Okay? That's just a, a wild for the night. Okay, why would you want to see that tape? But the obviously the police officers, they got to arrest this person. They got to keep him off the streets. They have to keep him away from any animals. My mom has horses. Okay, God forbid this guy got a hold of one of my mom's horses. He's he's choking his chicken in front of my mom. One of my mom's horses. One of my mom's horses could be scarred emotionally. Horses have feelings. Horses are very emotional animals. They're very sensitive animals. Keep this guy away from all horses at all costs. In China, uh, there is a company uh, uh, that has developed a sperm extractor. Now, uh, if you're of a certain age, you go for a urologist or you might uh, want to uh, donate your sperm or, or save your sperm for babies. You know, maybe you want to save your eggs. People do that. Or you might want to get a vasectomy like I've gotten. Okay. They tell you to go in the bathroom and skeet. Okay. You got to go in the bathroom and skeet, skeet into a cup. Okay. Well, some people are, are not comfortable doing that. They don't want to do that. So some sick fuck in China, okay, who runs some Chinese company, created a skeet machine. They call it a sperm extractor. I call it a skeet machine. It is helping clinics collect the semen from donors that are reluctant to skeet in a hospital setting. It's not like you skeet in the hospital uh, hallway. You go in the privacy of a bathroom. Some of them even have uh, uh, pornos. Some of them have like uh, uh, porno magazines. They got whatever you need to do to get 
that skeet into the cup. I could tell you one thing. I could tell you one thing. I'd be more embarrassed about using a semen extractor, a.k.a. a skeet machine, than jerking off in the bathroom privately. What are you doing out there in China? What's the matter with you people? Uh, And finally, in Portland, Oregon, a sick fuck, 51-year-old sick fuck, has been charged with sexual abuse and sexually assaulting an animal. He was sentenced to 60 days in jail, three years of probation on each charge, and may not possess a dog for 15 years. How can you... This guy should have a life sentence. This guy raped a dog so bad and and, and hurt the dog so bad they had to put the dog down. He fucked a dog to death. And they're saying he can't possess or own a dog for 15 years? How about for life? How about you can never have a pet? How about you can't be within 90 feet of anybody else's dog ever again? And if you do somehow get your hands on someone's dog, you go back to jail for five years, sicko. Fidel Lopez pleaded guilty and received the maximum sentence for sexually assaulting a dog. He didn't just assault it. He killed the fucking dog. I'm disgusted. This is disgusting. This is offensive. And this guy can't have a pet for 15 years? How about for the rest of his sick fucking life? I'm done. I am finished. Listen, let's move forward. I told you it was coming. I told you the butcher was here, okay? Coming up next on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, Buffalo's Finest. That's right, I said Buffalo's Finest. From Griselda Records. Benny, the motherfucking butcher. The butcher is here. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast with my guy, Benny the Butcher. Check him out now. Let's go. Check, check. Yeah, 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 yeah. The butcher is here. The butcher is in the fucking house. Let's go. That's Benny fact. the Butcher. What's up with you, baby? Thanks for having oh, me. Oh, come man. on, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um... I'm a fan, you know, I, uh, my, first I have to say my man Barr, who mm-hmm. I think you came and called, he's the biggest fan of Griselda, the movement, all you guys, he fucks with you guys, That's and fire. he hit me, you guys, hit me to you guys a few years ago, and, uh, you know, I remember, the first thing that came to my mind when, when I heard that, uh, uh, like, I don't remember who it was, it was one of you guys, but it was like, you guys are like, old souls mm-hmm, like i don't know how old you are mm-hmm. but you you know you brought this you know i'm critical of hip-hop you know and i'm critical of music and shit like that but you guys brought this essence this sound this griminess mm-hmm. you know this this culture this this violence you know this slick talk right right back to hip-hop and i was like who the fuck are these guys like when he's like buffalo mm-hmm so first of all, Buffalo, like most people, when we think of Buffalo, we think of obviously the Buffalo Bills. Right. I think of the movie Buffalo 66. I think of Rob Gronkowski because I think he's from Buffalo. We <laughs> yep, think of yep. Buffalo Wings. But the last thing that we, Rick James, yeah, who made street music. Rick, definitely Rick. Rick was, so so how, what the fuck is, like, it's almost <laughs> like, I mean, listen, I grew up in New York City. Right, right. When Wu-Tang brought Staten Island, which is, it's 45 right minutes there. from where I live. Uh-huh. We were like, where is this place? So what the fuck is going on in Buffalo? Man, it's like a grimy town, right? <clears throat> it's East Coast because it's, it's New York State, but it's like a little Midwestern. You know what I'm saying? In Buffalo, terms of what? Location. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Location. We got our own identity. You know what I'm saying? We talk 
the way we talk. You know what I'm saying? Like the Bills is our team, you know what I mean? Buffalo Wings is good food there. So we like, it's our own world up there. It's a grimy fucking town because it's like, it's poor, you know what I mean? And and, and it's a lot of talent up there. But growing up in Buffalo, you know what I'm saying? I, I loved it. You know what I mean? I loved it. It made me who I am. But it's like one of them small town, small town vibes, you know what I'm saying? Where the streets is really the streets. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not a lot of... Uh, it's not gentrified. Yeah, there's none of that going on. And 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 it's, it's not a lot of businesses there or nothing like that. So it's like it's like the middle of nowhere almost, but it's like the dopest people come out of there. You know what I mean? So... Who Buffalo. who else who else is from Buffalo like that I I just went service but like who what else is from Buffalo mm. that we don't know that that Buffalo is proud of mm. Let me see let me see uh you know Jaws is Jaws is from Buffalo okay. who uh, who played for the uh the dude who died used to be the uh, reporter on ESPN yeah, 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 he played yeah. for the Eagles Okay Jaworski Yep yep, yep, yep. He's, he's from Buffalo uh man, I'm trying to think, man. There's a lot of dudes from Buffalo. They say uh, Brian McKnight is from Buffalo. Okay. They said that somebody bumped it to him though, and he denied it. So I don't give I don't give him his credit though. You know and then and then hip hop in Buffalo, like you guys put. It's like when when uh, thuggish ruggish bones bone slugs harmony went mm. like you were, like we were like Cleveland. What the fuck is right, Cle right, you know? Right, right. And it was like I never even associated fucking Cleveland with anything. So when like hip hop from Buffalo. It's such a hard way to get discovered in music. You could be right in fucking Manhattan. You could be right in Los Angeles. Exactly. You could be right in Chicago. Exactly. So to push out of Buffalo to get your music, uh, talk to me about that journey. I know those, and then I want to break down like the group and the crew of, right, of right. Griselda. But but see, like, just talk to me. Like, how do you get out of Buffalo in terms of getting the music heard? See, and a lot of people don't don't realize how hard that was coming from Buffalo, also doing the type of music we doing. Right. It's a long grind. It's a long grind. You got to stick with it, and, and you got to be on your A game. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it got to be pure. So, I think I think we just did it like that. You know, Westside Gun, he the, he the mastermind of this shit. He the architect, and, and he a person who just the quality. We kept it. We kept it all quality. You know what I'm saying? With the beats from Derringer and and just staying at it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't know, but each of us got a long history underground in the game we've been buffalo legends and, and uh like western new york upstate new york we've been legends doing shows people been having to pay if you wanted us on the song people been having to pay us for verses for the last 10 years okay so it's been you know 10 years and when you right. say gun is the is the mastermind explain why like explain his role in terms of your the guidance mm -hmm. of you guys well basically at conway conway is the general okay you know what i'm saying so basically Conway was rapping and doing his thing, and and Wes really wasn't rapping more so. He was just like behind the scenes and like managing uh, Conway. Okay. Conway ended up getting shot. You know what how I'm long, how many years ago was that? Mm, 2012, 2012. So he had already been rhyming when he when he after he got before he got yeah, shot. Hell yeah, he was a fucking legend from I mean battling niggas in the nineties. You know what I'm saying to uh just. Doing mixtapes in the town. So, yeah, he was already like a, a legend in the town okay. before that. Like way okay. before that. So, after after uh, Conway got shot, Wes really stepped up in the play. You know what I'm saying? And was doing more of the rapping and, and taking care of more of the business. Why me at the same time? I'm still doing it, but I'm in and out of prison at the same time. So, I can't like get a, I can't like get my feet held firmly down. You know what, uh -huh. what I'm saying? So, it's like when Wes grinded up with this Griselda shit, he did the hoodies and it went, and it went hand in hand. And, 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 he just had a situation, and he and he was just letting me know. He was like, "Yo, Buzz, come, come, you know what I'm saying? I want to sign you, da da da." And I knew what he was doing, and he was already hitting me for features. Like Fly God, I got on that album. I tell people that album got us here. Okay, you know what I'm saying? 
that album got us here. That was like that was like the Tanner Talk three of then. You know what I'm saying? And and every, when that album came out, a lot of people started looking towards Wes's way. Okay, and he was looking towards Conway's way and my way. And then I knew I just I just started feeding the streets after that. You know what I mean? So hell yeah, man. Wes he put everything together. He the one who sat down. Uh, got to deal with Shady and, you know what I'm saying, and, and put us along with it. Okay, so what is Griselda? Who is Griselda? Is it Griselda Records? Is this just a, like, what is Griselda specifically? Mm, okay. It's interesting because, you know, the, like I referenced Wu-Tang, I referenced Mob Deep, I mm-hmm. referenced The Locks, but Wu-Tang, not to put you like like you have to accomplish what they accomplished because it's such so much, but just in terms of everybody's got their own identity, obviously right, right. it was under Wu, but then you, and at the time exactly. with Wu-Tang, there wasn't like you could follow so much, but you guys also don't, put all your details out which kind of makes it a puzzle which i like right that. right right so break it down as much as you want to break it down or you can't okay it down. okay yeah i could break it right down you know what i'm saying we're not a group western conway they brothers you know what i'm saying oh i didn't know that and those are my cousins we all family you know what i'm saying everybody is related got so you west was doing west was doing his thing conway was doing his thing and then they decided to bring me along so we like each individual artist you know what i'm saying you know I got uh, my crew, BSF, you know what I'm saying? The Black Soprano family. Right. Those are dudes who be with me, you know what I'm saying? Rick Hyde, Duffel Bag, Shea, City Boy, you know what I'm saying? And, and, we all are, and we all a team because we all been together. Like these dudes know uh, Wes and Conway like I know them, you know what I'm saying? Got you. So it's like everybody been around. It's like Rick right standing right here, like Wes is his man too. Conway is his right. people too. And those right. are my cousins. And so it's like we all family. We've been here. So it's like just in a situation where... Well, my paperwork with Griselda is not like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, Benny, I'm signing. You got to do this, do that, and that. It's like, I got a record there. We about to be lit. Come on. Come on, boss. Like that type of shit. And you got the record deal. So Griselda, so who is signed to Shady? It's it's is Shady Record, and how did that fuck? I mean, that's like, it's like fucking having, being recruited by Michael Jordan. Right. That's a fact. That's, that's a, a fact. big, I mean, there's a few of them, but that's mm-hmm. like, there's that's a big. few people that's like big. Shady Records, and when he puts his finger on somebody, mm-hmm. his his track record is huge. That's so who is lot. signed to Shady? Uh, Westside Gun and Conway signed to Shady, and that came about <clears throat> like the album Fly Guy. That came about because he he already had Danny Brown on that album, right? He had Action Bronson on that album, right? Uh, these was dudes who who was being managed by Paul, right? You know what I'm saying by Paul's company. So it was a thing where he was talking about management. You know what I'm saying? So. It ended up turning into a, a deal. Okay. So, you know what I mean? And were you that guys like shit. tripping the fuck out that you got signed? Like, have you met Eminem? Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. It's so, crazy. like, when you, when you, like, when, when you get from all the shit you've been through personally and, and Conway, you know, I, I wanted to get both of you guys the other day, but we couldn't do it time wise. But all the shit you guys have been through in your life, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the crime, the him getting shot, the being arrested, mm-hmm. and all the shit. And then you're like, with, fucking Eminem like just meeting him like no, because really, he's, inter- like, he's even if you didn't sign him just him meeting you he's interested are you like tripping the fuck out every day like even I'm saying you I'm a fan of you and I'm saying and we just kicking it <laughs> right and I just like your style I'm like damn like Michael Rappaport is my homeboy <laughs> you know that's crazy so but I'm just taking it one day at a time and, and you know Royce I always say this Royce told me don't stop and smell the roses man because if you got time to stop and smell the roses you ain't fucking working so I'm just working and, and enjoying every moment but it's crazy you know what I'm saying and we grind it up to it I tell people my age all the time I'm 34 years old and, right. I, and I've been doing this since I was about about uh, 14 got you you know what I'm saying so I thought 
in, in my town, I was projected to be here 10 years ago. I got you. But it didn't happen like that. Maybe I wasn't ready or uh -huh. maybe I didn't put in enough work. But So that's why when you say we old souls, it's like niggas is grown ass men. You I got know what you. I'm saying? With teenage kids. I got so you. So it's different. We not, we not coming to this for the money or for the litness. It's just pure culture and, and we understand what it took to get here. So we not wasting no time. We not taking shit for granted. You know what I mean? Um. I got to ask you, because it just happened and it's on everybody, Nipsey Hussle, uh, talk to me about uh, what his music meant and just what happened and how it must have affected you and, and it's affected everybody. Right, right, right. You know, and, and he, he was all about independent grind, independent grind, and his story, now everybody, uh, if you were familiar with it, people become more familiar with right. it. Just talk about what that meant to ha have it happen. And it probably bugged you out because you know you see somebody so successful and, and then something so crazy right, like right, happens. Right. Nip is a poster boy for guys like me. You know I'm saying guys like me still in the was still in the hood in the trenches watching Nip like, damn if, if he could do it, I could do it. You know what I'm saying he he represented dudes like me. And to see him like take it to where he took it, you know what I'm saying? The the relationships that he had off music and the game that he was given, it was like you know how they say if, if somebody make it, that, that's a point for us. Man, that was like 50 points for us. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because he was respected in so many circles and, and he was a gang member. So he was showing you the other side of that shit. And it affect you because it's like, damn, you know what I'm saying? It just bring you back to reality. You know what I'm saying? You know how shit bring you. Because I do shows all the time. You know, we security. We moving like this. But shit like that bring you back to reality. You know what I mean? Like, even though it had nothing to do with me, my team tightened up security. It right. affected people that way. You know what I mean? Something over here could affect how how my team work i i was watching i i was on twitter and i seen uh currency put up how when that happened his father came to his office uh. and was standing outside with the hammer on him and until well, he worked all day until he left out and pulled out put his car out just when it happened so it affected everybody in that type of way and it just fucked up but nipsey that he he, he was a hustler man he, yeah. he he gonna live forever man, just because of what he represented man he represented for millions of dudes in the streets who who want to be that, who never going to be that, right. who had to live through him. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that was an L. That was an L for all of us. <laughs> yeah, it was God terrible. Bless, God bless the dead. Absolutely. Um, all right, so the sound of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. What are like, you, you, I mean, like you could hear, you hear D-Block, you hear Mob Deep, you hear, right. like what is your reference point of what you're trying to do? You particular, like Tana Talk mm -hmm. 3 is, is like, and also the thing that I like about your shit is that each one is getting better and better. Right, and you right. set you started high, but like Tana Talk was like, in my opinion, your best shit. Right, right. It was, it was, and a lot of people's opinion. My my reference is 90, 92 to 2002. Uh -huh. That's my reference. <laughs> that music. You uh -huh. know what I'm saying? The East Coast music. That's what I grew up off of. That's what I was listening to. That's why I'm not. That's why I'm trying to put jewels in the music, uh -huh. and I'm trying to make it like it sound like you know what I mean that mafioso shit, the, the G raps, the mob, the uh, the reasonable doubt hoes, and even the later on hoes and Biggie, you know what I'm saying, and, and uh, who shot your shit, and and, and Pac, and, and just all that that '90s era, man, that shit was rich with with just lyricism and just production, you know what I'm saying, and that's that's what the fuck we grew up off of. And and who? How do you reach out? Like you had Alchemist do? Did he do all of Tanner Talk? No, he did half of it. He did like half of it. So how does like how, he's a motherfucker? Like mm -hmm, he's mm -hmm. fucking good. Like how did that come about? And how are you reaching out to people uh, uh, to produce songs 
and how does it work? Like, how are you picking songs? Because also, like, uh, you, the project that I saw you guys working on the other day, you guys put out a lot of fucking music. Right, right, right. right. Like, a lot of fucking, which mm -hmm. I like that. Like, mm -hmm. you're not being precious. Like, you're you're going, you're exactly. rocking. You know, it's not, um, it's, it's not precious, you know? Mm -hmm. Not to say that it's not valuable, but it's not like you're like, oh, I got to wait till this moment. Like, you get the, the moment right, is exactly. happening. It's it's not here. It's, it's happening right in front of you. That's why we do that, though. Because everybody don't catch everything. Right. So sometimes they might miss that. Okay, like Tanner Talk 3, you know how many people be like, yo, this is my first time ever hearing you on Tanner right. Talk 3 and I love it. They don't even know about Butcher on steroids right. or a friend of ours. They don't know about none of that. So it's just like whoever I didn't catch on Tanner Talk 3, I'm about to catch them again. They probably heard of me, so I'm about to shoot. I'm about to catch them again. And the relationship with Al came from through Griselda because fucking... I was damn near Griselda now. You know what I'm saying? He produced on Conway shit. He produced on West shit. He pro he produced with Derringer. They got a good relationship, and he produced on my album. So it's like I was I was I was introduced uh, to Al through Westside Gun at the house, okay, at the lab, and you know what I mean. And my first day meeting him, he was playing the beat for West, and West was like, "Man, Benny sound crazy on that." You know, he threw me the alley oop. And I dunked it, you know what I'm saying? And that's 52, that's on my album. Okay. You know what I mean? Facts. And, and how is that working? Like with Gunn doing his shit and Conway doing his shit and you're doing your shit. Like you you guys rock on each other's albums. Mm -hmm. Like how does that work? Like is it just organic or like you hear something and you're like, yo, I want to get Conway on this. Like how does that work? Yeah. It's like, like you said, it's both ways. I might hear something and want Conway on it or Wes will hear something and want me on it and or we might set out to do something. Like, we're doing a project right now that's coming out on Shady. You know what I'm saying? It's called uh, What Was Shane Gun Do? I'm saying that's my brother, Machine Gun Black. Uh, okay. Rest in peace. And it's just synergy. Because like I said, like, we literally been rapping together for a long time before anybody here together as a group doing shit together. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's almost natural. It's hard to explain it. You know what I'm saying? Me and Conway go back and forth. He hear me on something, send this to me. He know what I'm going to do. So it's like, it's almost natural the way we do this. You guys could tell like, yo, this is a good joint for him. This mm -hmm. is... So in terms of, uh, uh, I've heard rumors of a project with Premier, with mm -hmm. DJ Premier. What, is that announced? Is that official? Is that just a rumor? That's a rumor. That's, That's a, a rumor. rumor. That's a rumor. Now, what have the rumors said about this? Like, based on what you've heard about the rumors, what have the rumors said about a project? Because that to me rumors, makes perfect sense. The rumors say if we... Do a project like that, these rap niggas could go night night. You know what I'm saying? I, <laughs> that that'll have if a Primo and Griselda, that'd be fucking crazy. But that rumor came about from we did one song with him, and he promoting the song, so people say seen Primo and Griselda and went fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? But that song about to come out is fucking. Nuts. It's coming out. It's coming out. So, soon. but there's only been one song actually done that we did together. You know That's, what I'm saying? Right. Yep. And how was that to get a premiere beat? That's fucking nuts. Like Primo? Like Primo? Like he, that's, Yo, a, that's, that's a match crazy. made in heaven in terms yeah. of like your guy's sound and like his beat. That's bucket list shit for me. You know what I'm saying? That's why we leaving that play in the playbook. Like it's way too early for, you know what I mean? To me, in my opinion, it's way too early for Griselda and uh, Primo shit. Why, why do you say that? Because it's like other, it's other plays in the playbook that we going to call in before we... Before we do something like that, we got to be like bigger, in my opinion. We gotta I got be you. Bigger. For that, for that high quality of music, how that's gonna sound? That got to be for everybody. Like I said, so everybody don't catch everything. The people got to catch that. I got you. So we got more grinding to do. So we have all eyes on us. That's a play you throw when it's all eyes on you. I got shit. you. You know 
know what I'm saying? I got you. That makes sense. Um, and what about um, 50 Cent, uh, you know, his crew, your crew, Shady. Mm-hmm. Now, has there been any discussion, even philosophically, like, you know, you get G-Unit, they haven't been rocking for a minute, they've been sort of disbanded or whatever the fuck's going on with them. You're, everybody's got everybody's phone number. Everybody. What about the idea of a Griselda G unit? Like that would be that would be a very fantastic, very exciting thing. Like, to, is is Yo. that been a rumor? Has that been put out there? Y'all going the streets are gonna get a taste of something like that. That's all I can say this year, real soon, and they're gonna be happy when they get it. You know what I'm saying it's gonna be it's gonna be a little more so what that, but it's gonna be crazy. Trust me, it's gonna be nuts. Okay, now one thing that uh, um, I think is interesting because there's so much gloss. In hip hop right now, mm-hmm. I mean, there's like there's like two or three different fucking genres of fucking music. Like, right, and every right, day right. I'm hearing about some new shit, and I, I I've stopped listening <laughs> to a lot of it. I've given up. I don't even try because I'm like, this is just gonna make me frustrated. This is gonna just make me uh, uh, say some shit on Instagram right. and stuff like that. You, when you when you see like so much of the, I don't even know what the word is. Like this, I call it synthy. To me, it's synthy. Right, right. Guys, right. like you know, there's big artists who you don't even know their real voices because mm-hmm. they have these. Uh, components to their voices that they add on a computer plugins and shit plugins like and it's not a real voice Mm -hmm. and and you see how quick that is to to take off like these guys just take off out of fucking nowhere and like the music to me and i i I know it sounds i know i sound old by saying this it sounds the fucking same when you see that and you see like the money train of that like, why don't you go, well, fuck it. Let's clean ourselves up. Let's fucking dance around like assholes mm-hmm. and do this because this is the easy way. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. But we can't do nothing like that. First and foremost, like I said, I, I'm a grown-ass man. And second of all, it's it's more about the money to me. I'm saying because Griselda, nobody in Griselda is missing any meals. You know what I'm saying? We ain't right. starving. Niggas is getting bread. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's, it's we going to sell our soul to get more bread. Like, that don't make no sense to me. And I don't think you guys can fake it anyway. And, and and the respect. Like, when I tell you, like, the respect, the sh- the people that I met and they tell me that they listen to my album and I like and they like it and, and they and they want to work with me. From the, yo, that's like that's worth, like, millions of dollars. You know, I swear to God. Like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan. Like, I'm a hip-hop guy. You know what I mean? Right. I grew up, like, studying hip-hop. My pops listen to hip hop like this. I'm living my dream every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like I don't feel like I gotta do more. You know, people tell me that like, "Yo, you need a radio record." Like, I actually don't need a radio record. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It will behoove the radio to play some of our shit because we we I got a I got I got a ton of streams, and my people and the people go to my shit to listen to my music. Right? They don't play it on the radio, so it will maybe behoove the radio to play our shit. But they don't, and we're not tripping because people find our music in a different way. Everything is not for everybody. You know what I'm saying? The shows is always sold out. What, merch- what kind of crowds are at the shows? Because I haven't been at a show yet. Like, what mm. kind of crowds are? Because I feel like it would be like it's. It, it just reminds me of like old Wu Tang crowd. Like before yeah. they were big. Like, like what kind of people are at these shows? Man, it's all types of people. It's black, white, Mexican, fucking hippies, uh, nine to five working dudes. Gangsters, you know what I'm saying? It's like chicks sprinkled through the crowd. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know, man. It's crazy. Like regular working dudes and nerds, uh-huh. like real shit athletes. You know what I'm saying? It's like the dude. I just this dude. I don't. I, I forgot the. I forgot his name. But I'm like, damn, this nigga like my shit. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, this nigga play for the Cowboys. You know what I'm saying? Like dudes repost my shit. Pro skaters. So like those are the people who show up to the shows. And I was telling my kids that earlier. It was like. That's the thing about this type of music. 
our fans are somebody. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not 15-year-old little fucking Johnny. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's like somebody, like a, a CEO of a fucking company. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Who like our music because it's, it's grown people music. I so agree. I like that about that. You know I agree. You, you guys have worked with so many good people. You got Wu certified from Raekwon. He mm-hmm. gave you love. You worked, uh, you know, before he passed, Prodigy, uh, Alchemist, Ninth Wonder. Like, what does it mean to you to have those those kinds of people? You know, D-Block, you, mm-hmm. were, you know, what does it mean for you, like, just to have that sort of, you know, that certification from guys like that, that you're probably fucking fans of, that you could right, probably right, recite right. all their shit. Right, right. That's everything. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was talking about. That's that's worth more than a million dollars because you can't, it's hard to name the last time those guys stamped something. All of those guys from Mob to D-Block, The Woo, Eminem, Hove. Has Hove reached out? Like, have you heard from Hove? In any way, shape, or form? The last time I talked about what I said, something about Hove on the microphone, this shit was on every fucking block. Right. <laughs> you know what did you? What was the thing you said the last time you, you said something about it? I, I said that uh, he told me I, that I shouldn't do the double XL uh, cover. That you shouldn't? Yeah, I shouldn't. It's like a curse. Not like it's like a curse. Basically, it's, like it's, it's, it's not for me. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like it's not for me. Did he tell you this? In person, or did he tell you this on text? Like, how did that, that you said, that you already said, because I don't fish for quotes, but I didn't hear that. When you articulated that and it got all over the blocks, mm-hmm. how was that articulated to you? In person. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> I mean, Jay-Z has gotten so big, it's almost like fucking Steve Jobs or some shit. It's like, oh, like in person. No, like, right, oh, right, you, right. you know what I mean? He's right. so big. I mean, and he's... His music, it, it means so much. And, and it's just, I mean, he's you guys when you were young in terms mm-hmm, of like, mm-hmm. you know, he came, you know, the independent shit and right, Rockefeller right. and, you and know, that, it's crazy. And getting all those cosigns make me feel like, okay, like, uh, I, I am the shit. That shit, it is coming out. I Does am it doing bug the right you thing. out? Yes, that shit's fucking crazy. Like, he, he told me that in person. Like, that's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ray called me, Ray, Ray Kwan called me little bro. Ghostface called me on the phone like, yeah, yeah, your shit. I don't be listening to nigga shit, but I listen to your shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking with it. I'm like, yeah, word. Were you bugging like the hell? Like, you're like Ghostface called my called the phone. I'm just this was just little old me here still. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like I, I'm just, I'm new to this shit, so right. I'm enjoying it. And all of that is worth way more than these, these dudes doing because they would never get that. I understand. And I'm saying and they and they know they could stand in a room with me and be looking around like and with those guys and yeah, I. Right. And the, and the conversation would be about us, you know what I'm saying, and not about them. I got you. So, Your writing process. I was in the studio the other day, and I was, I, you know, I, as much as I've loved hip-hop, I've only had mm-hmm. the opportunity to be in studio with a few people over the years. And I'm, mm-hmm. always, I'm always tripped out by it because the end product of what fans listen to, whatever it is, good, bad, or indifference, little this one, little that one, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. But the end product we hear, when you actually see, and I actually saw this with my own eyes, I saw the beat being made. Mm-hmm. I saw you come into the studio. I saw Conway come into the studio. And then I saw a song being made. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see a pen. Now, one thing mm-hmm. is, I, one thing I th- Jay-Z and Biggie, the worst thing they ever did for hip-hop was say they didn't write. That's the worst fucking thing they did. That's the worst thing. And I say that with all due respect. People, people got trendy with that. You know what I'm saying? Stop Not everybody it. could do that. Right, right. So right. I mean that with all due respect. But mm-hmm. like when that was put out there, it was like, well, he didn't write. Mm-hmm. I don't need to write. But I watched, I saw you for like, it was like two hours listening to the beat, 
circling around mm -hmm. and then leave, kind of break out of, you know, in conversation and then go back into it, never write anything down. And then I think I saw you, you know, you spit it to your man, like you right. just kind of shared it with him, mm -hmm. like kind of like a just getting it out. I don't know how the science is because I... I mean, I'm an actor. I can't remember even really good lines mm -hmm. like that. Like I was thinking, I was like, I don't fucking do. Like I couldn't make up <laughs> right, the lines. Right. So, what is your process uh, like in terms of that? Like, because that tripped me out to watch. And Conway did the same thing. Right, like right. he's absorbing it, you know. Uh, uh, and but when you first when you did the first take of it, like it was a a well thought out verse. Right, right. How does that work? Mm, it's like it's like a puzzle. And, and and somebody asked me, like, yo, how you do that? I remember the words. It's like walking with a flashlight. If I'm on the second bar, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know the, the sixth or eighth bar in my brain. But when I get to the sixth, to like to the fifth bar, I can see I can see the sixth one with the flashlight. You know what I'm saying? It's like walking in a dark room with a flashlight. You don't know it's a dresser right there until you, you see it a little bit of it, like, oh, it's a dresser right there. So when that piece is every bar together, you know what I'm saying? And I I used to write with a pen. Uh -huh. I tell people this. But I always been a feeling dude. I'll hear the beat. Oh shit. And then I go write like a couple bars and then I write it. You used to go write it down on the paper. But thanks to the fuck on my train of thought. So I just stopped going to the paper. You know what I'm saying? I felt like going to the paper slowed me down. And then it was about the time I write half the verse down and then I'm ready to, to finish the verses like I'm starting all over again. And um, you know what I mean? Fuck the paper. But so when you're actually getting to the booth, mm -hmm. Do you know what you're gonna say? You you you're not. It's not freestyling. No. No, no, it's not freestyling. It's not freestyling. It's in your head, and yeah, you're just yeah. getting it out. Exactly. Exactly. Do you have have there been any lines on any songs where, when you said you get to the second bar, uh, you, you don't really see the the eighth bar until you get to the seventh bar? Mm -hmm. Is there any references that you can make like on a specific song? Where you're like, well, bar number twelve, I didn't see that coming, but that was some shit. It just sort of came out. <laughs> Because no. it's like I, I imagine yeah. it's like being a good like it's like being a good ball player. Like right, you see right. a guy like I was talking to my wife. Steph Curry made some crazy shots. She said, "Is that luck or is that practice?" I said, "It's a combination of both." Right, right, He's right. made the shot before, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but never maybe never like that. Yeah, see, and that's my thing. It's a thin line between a, a good bar and some bullshit. You know what I mean? Because some dudes go overboard, but it's like man, it's like walking with a flashlight, my nigga. And and I feel I feel like when I write like that. That's when I'm my most creative because you said like like you said I'm, I'm walking around like I don't like to do it in front of people I don't like people to hear it until I'm done you uh -huh. know what I'm saying so I don't like people coming and listening to it so that's why when I spit it to my man I'm just like in his ear I'm just giving it to one person it's a room full of people right I'm just rapping it to one person I you know caught that but I saw, I knew exactly what it was it was almost like you were like it was like a test run exactly like, exactly it's almost like it you're vomiting it out to like that's like the mm -hmm. way to get it on paper like it, yep, probably yep. once you say it once mm -hmm. it goes to memory in a weird way and that's what I do like the verse. Be done half the time. I'm, I'm spending, going over the verse again, and again, and again in my head, so I can remember it. Right. I'm, I'm being repetitive with it again and again and again and again. You know what I'm saying like it's tricky though. I, I don't forgot better shit than these dudes ever wrote in their whole fucking life. Right. You know what I'm saying like sometimes I don't lose shit because you get bars. You might be anywhere. You might oh think of some shit or I might be in a studio writing some shit in the middle of that you, like I said it takes some time in the middle of that like yo let's go get something to eat I go get back like oh shit what the fuck was I saying fuck it start over you, like you'll have to like if it doesn't go to memory like you'll just start again yeah 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 I'm saying alright so I want to talk to you just specifically about a couple of your songs mm -hmm. And just the process and just walk me through it because India, I love that song. Mm -hmm. And I love this the flow of it. I love the cadence of it. And I, it's just such a it's such just a classic fucking boom bap song. Right. And so so 
talk to me about that song. Like what you remember when the first time you heard the beat, who made the beat, where were you, and break that song down. Mm. Uh, Choop made the beat. Choop the producer made the beat. He from Rochester. Shout out to Choop. Uh, me and him got good chemistry. He sent me the beat, and I heard as soon as I heard the beat, I knew I wanted to tell a deep story on the beat as soon as I heard it. I started off, I actually, this, it was inspired, it was inspired like by Conway. He, he got the cow and he's talking about my brother, when my brother passed Machine Gun Black, how that made him feel. And he say a line, he was like, he don't know who did it and it ate his pride. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then, and I'm like, damn. He expressed feelings in that song that he never sat down and told me. And that was basically me doing the same thing on India. I was just like venting on the song, venting. And then, you know what I'm saying? I, like I said, I said the part about my girl and then I asked her to name the song and she named it after her. And it's like a lot of real shit in that song, talking about my brother. I just like to be real transparent in the music because that's so relatable. People tell me I'm relatable all the time. You know what I mean? Cause I, that, that's a good fucking word. Mm -hmm. Transparent in the yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. They got used to handouts. I always will stand out. My own cloth became my own boss. That's how you branch out. You never put in work with me. And certainly I can't vouch. That trap spot in 03, I ran like a slant route. Cause I was linked with older niggas. Book bag and dough was in it. Fans pulled us over with it. Shingon was my co-defendant. Now we gone and I'm coping with it. Before he died, we had a chat. But before that, we ain't spoke a minute. It was over shit he did. Over shit I said. But it's Last words to me, bruh. Hold your head. Like you feel like you know me. Like you, you yo, you could. I, I, I tweeted this other day. These dudes make full length albums, and you, you, you could listen to the whole thing, and you still don't know nothing about this dude. You don't know nothing personal about this guy, and that that wasn't the formula when I grew up. You know what I'm saying? It, it went to something. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't nag these young niggas about how they make their music. That's what it is. I'm saying maybe they don't give a fuck if we like it or not. It is what it is, but there's nothing personal in the music. And you know what I mean? I, I really don't care to hear all that hippity hoppity shit if you're not saying nothing. I'm still a lyric type I of guy. I fucking agree, man. I agree. There, there's got to be some fucking balance. It got to be. It got to be. You can make your fucking joints, yeah, but yeah. there's got to be some fucking... Who are you? What yeah. are you? And and don't be standing around like, like, you, like you that guy just because you lit off some streams and shit. Don't be standing around comparing yourself to the greats. Because of that, because that's so I, I fucking agree. disrespectful. I fucking agree. I'm saying that's disrespectful. I fucking agree. I you know fucking I mean? agree. I really agree with that. Um, all right, so India, that's a fucking dope song. Yeah, like, man, I just love the, the emotion in it and the mm -hmm. beat of it. Um, song off Tana Talk, which got a lot of uh, excitement. It's a great title, 97 Hove. Right, right, right. Tell me like where, how that song, like what you remember about how that song came to fruition. Uh when uh, Derringer made the beat, he was like, yo, it sounds like some like some reasonable doubt shit. And then I got like 97 holes. That stuck in my head. And I wanted to like make a hook that said 97 holes, but I never did. But I, through the rap, I just kept saying 97 holes. Because like me, that's like 97 holes is like a few years ago, Nipsey Hussle. You know what I'm saying? And it's like those, those, it's like was Master P at the time. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I feel like, that's what I'm doing. I'm not like saying I'm Jay-Z, comparing myself to Jay-Z. I'm saying it's like I'm an independent brother out here and I'm eating, I don't need a record label or nothing like that. And I'm making my moves and and like I'm like, like one move away from being the biggest shit in hip hop. 
you know what I'm saying? And, and that's like 97 Hove right before he made that transition. That's what I really mean by that song. Look, I was born in 84, but I'm like 97 Hove. I went platinum off a brick, I cooked on 97 stoves. Yeah, I know the streets is watching, so I'm highly skeptical. Where I'm at in my career, when hitting, I'll be set to go. Uh, duct tape for the blocks, black tape for the strap. Bitly in the parking lot, ashtray full of pack. Had dreams of retiring and burying the money. Back when I was young, with more experience than money. Look, all my Georgetown shit rocked the blue Hoya. When they snatch my niggas up, I got a new lawyer. They start off young, so they shoot for you. I groom them soon, they become their own bosses and recruit for you. I like that. Um, and then the Pesci, is it, what's the title, Pesci? Joe Pesci, 38. Okay. And Joe Pesci, 38, because I love the, your whole crew. Well, well, Gunn is with the fucking wrestling shit, right, right, which right. I, is just out there. And, and, yeah, and hell the, yeah. The, he paid $13,000 for a front row seat at the fucking WrestleMania. Yeah, I saw him. He's yeah. really about that fucking wrestling. Yeah, hell yeah. Man, he should have told me, man. I probably could have got him hooked up. I don't know if oh, it would have been front goodness. row, but I guess he, he he probably was happy to pay that 13000 Yeah, he wanted to be on TV. He he's, he's on like, that wrestling shit. Mm -hmm. he on, yo, every time he go to that shit, he'd be on TV. He's he's in fucking exactly. wrestling. He love that shit, but that's part of growing up. We, we like you say all the time. We used to watch that shit as kids all the time. Pizza. I remember we used to have a homemade pizza. Be over there ordering food, maybe. And every every fucking pay per view event, we watched that as kids. And I, when I was over there at the house with him, so I know I know where that where, what place he coming from with that shit. It's like the karate with Wu Tang and shit. Right, right, exactly. With, exactly. You know, you could just feel it's like some like it's genuine mm. and like the references and the. Uh, my man, Mean Gene on the on the tracks and right, shit right, like that. Right. Um, all right, so the the Pesci Thirty Eight, break that song down. Joe Pesci Thirty Eight. I, I basically named <clears throat> named it that because I got the like the mafioso feel from that beat, the sample, Danger. Oh my fucking goodness, he killed that, and that's like one of my favorite songs on the album. And I was being real lyrical on the song, and basically just telling a story. You know what I'm saying, like. About how the transition, I wrote that a week. I wrote that a week from moving. When I signed my Griselda deal, I moved out the projects in Buffalo to the house in Atlanta. Okay. And signed my deal with Griselda the next day. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I got me, I, I got a whole lot of shit was going on around me before that. To get to where I'm at, I had to like close my eyes on a, and, and turn my head. And my back on a whole lot of shit. You so did, huh? I did. You know In saying? terms of like, you, like street shit and like yeah, just ties and connections and old. Now I don't say friends, but like mm -hmm. at a certain point, like if you're really gonna move forward, mm -hmm. right? You have right, to. Right, right. And I and I heard I, I heard uh, Jeezy say that like, yo, to do this, I had to do that. I heard Black Youngster say it. I heard a lot of rappers say it, but I never believed it was true. I never believed they they literally meant that. But me, I didn't. Like I said, I, I tell everybody, I've been I've been doing this shit for years. I've been nice for years. Mm -hmm. Nothing really happened to this level for me until I like wasn't selling dope no more. I'm saying until I wasn't doing that till this really was my everyday focus. Now music been my everyday focus for a minute, but it was other shit too. I got you. I'm saying until I put all of that down, I turned my back on it, and, and around the time where my whole team was eating, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, and it was lit. I didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about. It wasn't about. A money thing. It was a focus thing. I got you. So, you know what I mean? That's what I chose to do. And also a karma thing. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. You know, I've never been in that 
position, but it just it just seems like when you have anything, whether it's street shit, which is obviously dangerous and serious, or just mm-hmm. bad people, or a bad girlfriend, or bad friends, and they're pulling you when you sometimes you got to fucking step yeah, forward. Yeah, because you can't be living trying to be what somebody wants you to be. Your homeboys might want you to be a gangster or a hustler. Your girlfriend might want you to be a dude who come in, I mean, work a nine to five, live a subtle life, just be a good boyfriend to her. You know what I'm saying? Your kids just might want you to be a regular father. Your mom might just want you to... You got to figure out what you want to do with yourself. I'm saying that once I figure it out, okay, I got I to gotta, I gotta do what I need to do for myself, what I really want to do. And we had to deal on the table. Like, I've been grinding for this shit my whole life. And, and Wes looked me in my eye like, yo, Buzz, I'm about to sign a deal. A situation happened where I was supposed to be somewhere and I wasn't there. And he was like, yo, if it was about some money, I respect it. And I'm like, yeah, it was about some money, of course. And he told me, when, he, when I told him that, he knew what it was. So he told me, he was like, yo, you don't want to get caught doing nothing. I, I, I'm about to sign a record deal. He never told me that. He probably been was talking to Paul and him. Mm-hmm. He, never, he never told me that, though. When he seen what I was still doing, he, he kind of felt like he had to tell me, like, yo, this, this was what's going on. You better chill. You said you know that in the song. Right, right, right. I like that. And, and I fell back. Like When he told me that, I had a flash in my head of like, being in prison, watching them on the TV, and I'm like, that shit scared the fuck out of me. You know what I'm saying? And I fell back from that. I got you, and I appreciate that. Um, all right, so as of now, you, Benny the Butcher, does mm-hmm. not have a record deal. No, no, no. You, that's no. crazy. So you put all this music out independently. Mm-hmm. Right, right. All right, two questions. All the shit that you must have learned about the music business, and mm-hmm. obviously the music business has changed since you were 14, mm-hmm. it, you know, and, and with the streaming and all that shit. Uh, but in in the last few years, everything that you've learned about the record business, what what's the biggest surprise? Just in terms of the business of it, like what's the thing you were like, fuck? If I knew this five years ago, I could have been, you know, skated ahead. Just in terms of the business, not you personally, but like this business works like this. Mm, I would say, a lot of guys in a local in an underground position, they they work to get a record deal. You don't got to do that. You could start right then and there. Like a lot of dudes just putting in work trying to get the label's attention. You don't you don't do that. You get the streets' attention. You get the fans' attention. And then By the doing what? Come. Uh, networking, going to these shows, going to these events, linking with artists, artists, uh, working, putting quality music out, putting quality videos out, looking apart. This is a business. You know what I'm saying? And you once you get in, like if 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 somebody start decide to be a rapper tomorrow, nobody's gonna look at you like. Oh, you just you started tomorrow, so I'm 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 a, I'm gonna buy your tape for charity. You know, you automatically against Drake now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You if you just if you jump in this pool, it's sharks in here. You automatically against the biggest names, and nobody cared that that you a local MC. Nobody. This is not a charity event. They want to see you shooting the dope videos. They want to see you working with the dope artists, getting the dope interviews. So whatever you got to do to make that happen, which is networking, you got to run down on these DJs. You got to have when I say DJs, I mean it like the. For me, it's like the static selectors and mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, Laura Sears and you know what I'm saying uh, Gray Rizzy, you know what I'm saying those mm-hmm. those who I fuck with. So like dudes, if you're trying to get them dudes or anybody to play your music, you got to run down on those dudes and, and you got to like, yo, this me, this what I'm doing. So they might not play your music, but they they look like, oh, this dude working, and they might spread the word, and that might be even better than playing your music. They might spread the word to somebody else that's going to spread your music or that's going to book you for a show. You know there's no easy way into the shit. No, there's no easy way and there's no blueprint. There's no, there's no rule book. Will work for you, will not automatically work for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? It will work for me, will not automatically work for this person. So it's just about 
crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's and doing everything, covering everything so you can't say you left a stone unturned. That's what I do. I'm I got hustler. you. I'm doing, I'm doing interviews. You got a show over here. I'm going to the show. I'm working with different artists. I'm, I'm up for anything. You know what I'm saying? I'm grinding right and now. And you're ready to spit. All the time. You know what I'm saying? All the time. I like that. Um, all right. You don't have a record deal. What will make that happen? When will that happen? And what, what do you foresee it happening? Like, wh- how do you foresee it happening? Soon. 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 You know what I'm saying? Soon. All right. Well, listen. I fuck with you guys. Mm-hmm. I, and after meeting you guys and, and watching you rock and your whole shit, I wish you guys absolutely nothing but the best. Right. Nothing but success. Thank you. Thank um, Wait, my final question, I have to ask you this, because you seem to be so into movies and Sopranos mm-hmm. and all that shit. If I say Benny the Butcher's top five films of all time, you, your top five mm-hmm. favorite films. I, got, I have to imagine King of New York, I'm, uh, Gangs of New York is in there. No. 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 To be honest with you. Give me your, t- give me your top five films. Uh, my it top could be five, anything. It could be like School Days. Fucking Top, top five is, 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 is Casino. Okay. Goodfellas. Got you. Uh, the Temptations. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, shit's like Boys in the Hood. Okay. Minutes of Society. I even, that's five, but I go a butterfly effect. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh, shit's like, that was my shit. That was my shit. Butterfly like the effect. notebook, like all these like romantic comedies and you know shit. Man? Jennifer Aniston. Uh, man. Cause you fuck with the, you guys all have the, the gangster references. And I love all that shit. And I'm, I said this to you. Uh, I, I think I said it to you, but I definitely told it to your man, Tony De Niro. I'm down for whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if we, I want to be on one of your joints. Oh, and no, talk we about to do something. We're going to do something. I'm down for whatever. <laughs> we could do the do? casino walk, like, oh, these fucking cocksuckers. Yo, that's going to be crazy. We I'm about to down do for whatever. Cause I hey, y'all fuck, hear this, right? We about to I'm, do something crazy. I, it, it's done. I come nice, up to nice. Buffalo, get some fucking pizza and all oh, that yeah, shit. yeah, Lenovo's, man. Shout out Lenovo's, the best fucking pizza and wings in Buffalo. Absolutely. So, yo, sincerely, I wish you guys nothing but the luck. Man, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, cool. They need a butcher. The butcher's here. All right, yo, I told you it was going to be a good one. Follow Benny the Butcher. Follow Who is Conway. Conway the Machine, West Side Gun. Look up Griselda Records. These guys are coming for the hip-hop grimy crown. They deserve it. They're busting their asses. They love this shit. They put on a good show. They do the damn thing. Benny the Butcher, thank you for rocking with me on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I can't wait to be in one of your videos. He's all about that gangster shit. Gangster spoofs, that black soprano family life. Listen, what more can I say? It's a big body. I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Miles Jordan, please do me a favor. Take me out of here with something real nice. Yes, something real proper. But most importantly, yes, you know what the fuck I need. I need something real funky. I'm done. 